Hi, you guys. Thanks for coming back. I'm sorry to be late. We had some technical issues. Uh, a forced update just wiped out a lot of software stuff. So that was interesting. Found out at the last minute. But it's nice to be with you again. I have a lot to go over with you, a lot to cover. And, you know, as this show goes on, and we'll just get to as much of it as we can in the remaining time. We've got about 50 minutes or so. Um, and there's probably enough for a week. But as things get more intense in the world, I'm thinking during the week, you know, and bringing this stuff to you, how can we make it more real, more relevant, not just interesting for the moment, but usable? Because that's the whole purpose. I mean, really the purpose of the show, we, we introduced it as Lost Arts Radio Live relating to current events. But you've got a lot of stuff on current events. Alex's show is... W- about the best in a lot of ways that I've found. And he's got a crew of 100 people helping him, so that helps a lot. But, you know, his spirit of courage and and, uh, honesty and willing to tell the whole thing. I know I've gotten people really hating me for saying, no, he's controlled opposition. Everybody knows that. They they say this thing of controlled opposition about really well-known people, and I think it's a way to feel really powerful because if you can say somebody else's controlled opposition that's really got a huge following that makes you even above them and I, I don't blame him it's it's fine if they want to do that but Alex has done incredible work um, so you you don't need another regular current events show on that level I can't compete with anything like that and they're on multiple hours a day so we thought alright what's the purpose you know what are we trying to do and I think it's trying to help distill everything down to what is most relevant and usable. You know, because the the point of going over all this stuff that's happening is not just to say, oh, this terrible thing is happening and that terrible thing is happening and this got blown up and, you know, these things, crises are approaching. That, it's kind of useful to be able to know that, to give you incentive to get ready for it, but... What really interests me more is per, is um, solutions. It's really the only thing that interests me in even looking at the bigger picture and spending all the time putting these people to, uh, these pieces together um, and you know understanding where it's going if it's not stopped and what re- what's required to change it for the better and your role especially because if you just think somebody else is going to fix it then there's nothing for you to do anyway. And I don't think that's the case. I think you have incredible power and it's dormant for most of us. And we've been programmed to be unaware of it. Um, but we have massive power potential available, not not from the ego center, which can be misused and misdirected and misunderstood and you know, turn into a basis for false arrogance. And no, it's it's way bigger than that. It's it's power of where we came from. You know, this whole God, spirit, source thing that religions talk about. The thing about it is there's reality behind it. It really is this all-inclusive power and it flows through us. And if we become wise enough to get out of the way and allow it and invite it it's way beyond anything our captors can possibly imagine and rather than destroy them 
I mean, it's potentially strong enough to rescue them from their complete deception of thinking that evil is really the way to go, you know, if you want to end up in a good place. So we have incredible potential. And the, and the reason for our short little shows that we're trying to do a couple, three times a week now is to give you something useful. You know, distilled understanding that is simple enough but relevant and accurate that it could be used by you. And I think if it if we distilled it down to the the basics of what's really happening and what needs to be done, we could probably finish it in five minutes on a single show. And in fact, on the safe stream version that we just did, that we only had five minutes for today because of the technical junk that was happening. Um I use the analogy of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Leia captured by, what, what were those little furry guys? That was, was the Ewoks, I think. Um, if I'm right, I might be getting it wrong. And they had them tied up, connected to uh, pieces of wood running across like little campfire things known as a spit with a crank on the end to turn it. And they were being prepared for dinner invited to dinner but not as guests more as the main course and that's a lot like our situation now except ours is um more high tech but it's the same idea and the dinner that we're invited to yeah it's to be can be the main course in a very unpleasant manner but it's also uh in our case it has spiritual implications the reason it's being done done even though the the servants, the lower level servants, think it's for money and power, and some of them think that it's for population reduction down to a certain level, that's not at all what it is on the level above that. It's a ceremonial sacrifice from what I can tell. And um, it's kind of, as it progresses, it's like as the agenda is implemented. Uh, remember, did you ever see that Gary Larson cartoon where the slaughterhouse truck is parked out in the middle of a pasture of all these contented cows, and there's free food in the truck, and the cows are wandering, uh, meandering up the ramp into the truck that says Bob's Slaughterhouse or something like that on it. And this one uh, cow that has an idea what may be happening is running around. I don't know if his name is Bob, too, or if he's... Jim or John or Steve or something else, but he's racing around frantically as the other cows um, walk up the ramp, and he's saying, "You don't understand. Yet, you know, you're walking into a slaughterhouse truck. You're going to be slaughtered. That's what they do in slaughterhouse trucks: is they kill you, and then they eat your body. It's not good for you anyway." And the the cows were talking to each other, chewing their cud on the way up and saying, can you believe that crazy Jim? You know, he's just running around. He's always been a conspiracy theorist telling us these wild stories. Look what a beautiful day it is out. And they walk into the truck and disappear with the free food. And it's a lot like what's really happening. And so rather than just report on a lot of um, seemingly disconnected incidents as things get intense here, I wanted to be able to put the pictures together and kind of convey a complete overview. And I I would much rather have somebody a lot further along in understanding than I am. And I feel 
kind of hypocritical in trying to do it myself because there, I'm sure there sh- should be much better people. But um, I do have some unusual experience, and I was—I haven't mentioned this much on this show because I was trying to keep it more conventional and acceptable. But things are getting really intense, and I—I I don't say that um, to scare anybody because I don't believe in fear being useful for anything whatsoever, or even worry. You know, worry and fear are, on a deeper level, basic exercises in negative manifestation. You know, everybody says, oh, I want to know how to manifest. I need money or a new job or a new husband or wife or whatever. And they think they don't know how to manifest. That's not true at all. We're experts at manifesting what we focus on. and We've been doing it for a long time. It's just that we usually do it with what we're worried about. So we manifest all this bad stuff that we don't like. And we don't realize we have this massive influence on what happens. And that's the way the rulers want it, to think that they're in charge and we have no power over anything. Um, anyway, I had some partial memory that I was born with. And it, it was pretty clear for about three years. And then it was fading out. And it was kind of overshadowed by... Uh, picking up fear from people I was around and false beliefs and identities like we all get. And it still stayed enough in the background uh, to keep me investigating and knowing that there was more going on than meets the eye. Um, I wanted to know about uh, the real health information that's suppressed now in America and most of the world. It's suppressed violently. I wanted to know about health and disease and natural laws and principles of how things work here. Uh, Eventually, I got interested in uh, investigating the world power structure and the rulers themselves, level after level up toward the top. And that's way beyond presidents and prime ministers and kings and queens and people like that. And Stephen Greer has clarified a lot of it, uh, what the real power structure pyramid looks like. Um, The coordination and orchestration of the whole thing is totally amazing that's why we're taught that there's no such thing as a conspiracy and if you believe in it you're mentally ill and now of course you're you're defined as a terrorist too if you question anything in the mainstream media especially a couple of subjects uh, because it's a massive totally organized conspiracy that's beyond science fiction and once i started really understanding how it operated, how all these different agendas fit together, and they, they're not disconnected. The fake education, the criminal media that we've got, the totally fake science now where you just memorize accepted information instead of questioning everything and investigating on your own, following your hunches and things. Um, the poison food supply, the fluoride in the water, making believe it's good for your teeth. What a bunch of nonsense. And... Um, the GMOs, which, you know, they tell us that that's going to make the food crops be able to survive drought and nourish the world and all. It's total, I'll say nonsense. I want to keep it really polite. Um, so I've been, you know, along the way in my own life, it seems like I made as many stupid mistakes in the investigation as I possibly could. And you know, we're all idiots in different ways. And if you go through that enough, make enough mistakes, one of the benefits of it is it saves you from a lot of fake arrogance and um, 
thinking that you're better than anybody else. I mean, that's a real trap. You never want to fall into that. It's it's so damaging. So just realize you don't have to have fake humility. You just realize how little we know compared to what there is, and it's automatic. Um, we're subject to every kind of mistake. And when you realize that, you don't look down on anybody. You just save so much energy by not doing that. Because most of us are criticizing and condemning other people constantly. And it's always justified, right? But that's of zero value. It doesn't matter if it's just, it's always justified. It's like the the beam in your own eye versus the speck in the eye of the other person. That's a really deep meaning of a quote that's attributed to Jesus in the Bible. And um, it's really true. It's like the Joan Baez song, There But For Fortune had a lot of deep meaning in it, and it's really important to realize that. You don't have to look down on anybody from then on once you realize it. So um, I'd still like somebody better to do this, and I'm sure, you know, someone who's done what I have in mind, which is using our own contact with what flows through us from God to turn around what's happening in the world. And I really want all kinds of super good people at that to come forward and and do it. I'm not saying it who it doesn't matter who it has to be at all. It's totally irrelevant. Uh, you, me, anybody else can, we all have the potential and the dormant connection. And we know that nobody's done it up to now in known human history. It hasn't happened and you say, well how do we know that? Well um Look, look around <laughs> at what, what's happening in the world. If they had done what I have in mind, it wouldn't be like this anymore. And we have no guarantee that we can do anything with it either in time to save life on the planet, which is in immediate jeopardy right now. Um, it's clear to me that we'll all be okay in the end, every one of us, because we're all made out of the same thing. We came from the same place. We got confused along the way, some of us more than others, but we'll be okay. But that's in the long term, and I'm really, personally, I'm interested in what's happening now, what's going to happen in the short run, what you call the short run, and the, the years that are immediately had, ahead. And um, as I mentioned, no one in known history has turned things like this around so that the whole world doesn't have to go through hell. I mean, individuals get waked up, you know, and so their own personal fate changes. But I'm talking, I don't want anybody left out. And it may be unrealistic and naive, but that's my honest feeling about it. So, like Thoth talked about, real alchemy, transmuting darkness to light, we all have that complete ability. And uh, it's dormant in everybody, even the bad guys. And we can help transmute them if we wake it up soon enough. I mean, it, this is a really high priority, you guys. Um, and also the thought forms in the energetic atmosphere of the planet. The atmosphere is not only gases. It's not only oxygen and the dreaded CO2, which I don't think is a threat at all at the moment. Um, but that's a whole other subject. We'll get Don Easterbrook on or somebody that people listen to and explain it. But at the moment, the atmosphere of the planet is critical, and it's it's most polluted by negative thought forms. And you have the power to overcome that one person who 
completely wakes up could do it. I mean, small-scale demonstrations have already been done, and we have them as clues, like the Japanese water experiment, the already done doctors in China, uh, the mental hospital experiment with Ho'oponopono in Hawaii. We've talked a lot about that. Why hasn't anybody done the obvious once you see that that happens and scaled it up? And again, you don't have to ask everybody if they've done it. Because if they'd scaled up what was done in that mental hospital in Ho'oponopono, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. So we know no one has done it without exception. No, nobody has done this because the world has kept degenerating and it's changeable, but it's headed in a pretty dark direction right now. So I think that this is one of the most important questions for the future um, why nobody has been able to do this yet or has chosen to do this yet if they have the ability. And I understand about karmic obligations and the fact that you can't interrupt free will in our own lessons, but um, there's such a thing as changing the timeline that, that's meant to happen, and there's a lot of optional ones. And the reason that, at least from our point of view, we can't predict the future with any kind of reliability right now is it could go in different ways and it's being affected by moment-to-moment decisions that every single one of us has. Uh, if what I would like to see happen is can happen, then the effect of consciousness right down here on the physical level can change from belief to like demonstrated reality. And I, I don't care who does it, as I said, I don't care what religion they're from because it becomes irrelevant. If you connect into the reality that all the religions talk about, then let it flow through you and remove the blocks. Um, Then you could watch the real world physical results right down where we are. Um, How is that done? You know, that's like a big question in this whole thing. And along with that goes the question for you, if you wanted to be the person who did it, because there's nobody better than you to do this. I mean, that's another big mistake. You have all the capability that anybody has. You know, what's the quote from the Bible? Greater things than this shall ye do. Well, that means you could really do it. It's not just a theory or a philosophy that never comes true. You're expected to do everything you can do in this direction. So the question is how far outside the box are you willing to think? Not just as an unreal, you know, disconnected fantasy thought somewhere. I'm, I'm talking about serious, something that you imagine that then you intend to do. It actually takes a lot of courage and inner stability to think far outside the box. And there's a reason that all the universities and schools are telling us never to do it. Um, Thinking outside the box in the way we're talking about is based on the concept that you're project you're projecting your reality. In other words, what's around us that seems to be other people's fault and other people's actions and situations we have no control over, um, they're all being projected by us. It, it's hard to what they say, wrapping your head around it, but you don't have to wrap your ordinary intellect around it. There's another part of your perception that has to be activated. And you would say, well, that's impossible. 
you know, it's his fault or her fault or this chance situation's fault. But that's brings back the question of are you willing to think beyond the normal limits of, of the box of conventional thinking just to see what might actually be possible that you didn't notice before and to what extent um, how much are you willing to prove or test it you know is it just a partial truth or is it complete and I think that depends on uh, how far you can uncover your dormant ability it's not somebody else sorry you can't get out of it that way it's you you know, as as they said in Dune, the sleeper must awaken. Otherwise, you can't expect somebody else to do it. So, you remember the Japanese water experiment? We talked about that. And I, I've got a lot to cover, so we're half done now, and i got to go fast. Um, look it up if you want. And they had the lab tech sitting in front of glasses of water, and one was projecting the not just the thought, but the emotion I love you, toward a supposedly inanimate glass of water. And you find out this thing about inanimate objects, there aren't any for in reality. This is, we're talking about the limits of the box of conventional thinking. And the question is, um, you know, they totally rearranged the structure of the water in that glass just by the emotion. Why didn't they scale it up? I don't have an answer for that, but I want us to try it. Somebody, you or whoever's willing, I think it's you, because there's nobody else available right now. It has to be you. And you could, your mind can come up with all these programmed reasons why you can't do it. Um, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm too busy. You can't be too busy because what I'm talking about is done at the same time as your normal work. It's not one or the other. Um, all you have to do is the Japanese water experiment for yourself with every person that you meet, every circumstance that you're in, every seemingly external circumstance and the people that you meet, um, the ones that seem to be causing the problems and the bad experiences, you have to drop that idea and do the water experiment with them. And you'd say, impossible, right? that you could change anybody else's activity without talking, only by doing this experiment. And the question is, are you sure? You know, when you believe something is impossible, it tends to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it becomes impossible at the moment until you drop that preconception. And the question is, do you care enough to find out what your potential is? Are you already assuming that you're going to go through whatever years you've got in your life and not be able to do anything amazing. Because uh, if you believe that, it's like Vince Lombardi said, I think it was him, um, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, whichever it is. And with almost everybody, it's thinking they can't. Um, so to do that, to really do it, you can't just say, any, there's no magic words to make it work. You're going to have to find out what your mind is and renew your relationship, heal your relationship with mind. We talk about this in Planetary Healing Club a lot because as far as I can tell so far, there's no way around it. You must do this. If you don't even pay attention to what mind is and you don't communicate with yours, then the vast potential of 
positive or negative effects of what your mind is don't get tapped. It's not brain. as It's not brain at all. Mind survives the body and the brain. I'm telling you that from experience, not from a journal somewhere. Um, and the other thing about mind, that science, what they call science, has not caught up with yet, is that mind is conscious and it has a personality. It's capable of communicating with you. It's not you, but a projection that's an interface between you and the world. And it, it enables you to relate to the information that defines the plane and its purpose is to help you. And it has incredible power of information, but no wisdom at all. That's your department. And it's like um, <clears throat> you could liken mind to a gifted child that still needs guidance from the parent, which is you, by the way, um, in order to use its gifts in the right ways without conscious guidance and communication uh, without that con- conscious guidance and communication, it ends up projecting programs and false realities that we take as real, including the idea of who we are. And it was never true. But the controllers that have us on those spits, turning over the fire, getting ready for a sacrifice, they want us to believe that we have no abilities. I, th- I don't think there's a way to do it without reconnecting to mind. Um you can explain once you reconnect to it that it no longer needs to project those programs and it instead it can help you reconnect to the inflowing current that comes straight from where you came from, the one that keeps us alive here and um, not the connection to a belief because that doesn't really do what we're talking about at all. I'm saying what's behind the belief, the reality behind the belief. You've got to connect to that. You can't make believe you do it. You can't memorize a belief. You can't memorize a quote from scriptures. That's not going to do it. You have to really do the work. And somebody needs to be willing to do that. And get back your conscious connection to God and the reality that the words talk about. And it it really is a lot easier if not only do you renew your relationship to mind, but also body. Your body is a conscious vehicle. Your spirit, you're not physical. You never were. But your body's a physical, so-called physical vehicle to experience life here. I'm going to start getting into this stuff other than just saying, well, this war happened, and that war happened, and the economy's crashing. And, you know, that doesn't matter unless you can fix it. Right? You know that. So I'm, I'm, tell- I'm just sharing some things with you that seem essential to getting back in contact with the power that is the biggest hidden secret that the rulers at the top know you have and want you to never reconnect to. Um, Body's conscious like mind is. I got to do this in brief form here because we're running out of time. Body's been trying to communicate with you. We're not talking about generalities here and everybody listening. You, just you. Your body is conscious and wide awake. It's like the chiropractors, Didi Palmer and his son, and the people that came after them in chiropractic, they, they discovered that or realized that the body was intelligent and that there's intelligence in it, which they thought came from the brain down the spinal cord and out to the organs and limbs and everything. And that's true, but it's only a tiny bit of the reality. 
and the, the body's actually conscious, not just intelligent. And it's been trying to talk to you. It's your kid. It's been trying to talk to you and you ignored it if you're like most of us. And that has to be remedied. Um, it makes the inner work, your real work, accessing your connection to spirit and letting it flow through you without any blocks much easier if you deal with the body. You know, don't abuse it. Realize it's not you. When you put food in your mouth, you're not feeding yourself. This is the key to overcoming addictions. You know, especially food addictions to begin with, which almost all of us have. If you think it's your mouth and you're putting it in your mouth and you're tasting it and you're eating it, it's really hard to get over it. You can do it for a while and then it usually comes back. If you realize the body is your vehicle, like your child, and you're feeding your child, it takes no willpower at all to feed your child good food. If you grasp what that is about, your issues with food, you know, just being totally addicted and out of control are just over. Um, you start listening to the body and listening to the mind and taking your role as parents seriously and directing them in a good way. They become allies. And uh, even one person who starts doing the internal work and removing the blocks and letting spirit or God work through them, and it's not to impress somebody that you're really spiritual, just forget about that. Everybody is just as amazing, not just you or me or anybody. But if it flows through you and the blocks of ego and all the misconceptions and programs that mind is projecting get out of the way, then even one person or especially a small group, it, w it would just be over. We don't have to ha see the world turned into a complete hell. That's still optional at this point. And, you know, the tiny group that's taking control right now, they're running the ceremonial sacrifice and they don't just in, in, intend to um, reduce the population. They intend to reduce it to zero. Not just humans, all life forms. And you can check that out by yourself, but a lot of this is common sense. You don't destroy the life support system if you plan to be left and still live there. They are smart enough to realize that. And um, they're not doing it for money or power or to be the elite remnant or anything like that. They're serving darkness directly and they've set up a coordinated network of mafias that are controlling virtually all of the institutions, all the positions of power, and trying to reverse that by force would be a real big mistake. That's what they would like us to do as it allows them to demonize us further and, you know, do some really unpleasant things. Um, they want us, on the other hand, to totally helplessly trust and obey uh, toward our own destruction, and that's not a good path to take either. Um, they want it to end up with the destruction of all life. That's exactly where they're going. It's not to monopolize the money. It's not to become the elite 1% that's still love on the, on the earth. The end of this sacrifice is the perpetrators throwing themselves on the fire too. It's a suicide mission. Um, their programs are about total destruction, not suddenly, but by steps according to the protocol of the sacrifice, they, they feel like if they violate that, they don't get their reward. 
on a non-physical level, which is where they're looking for it. So they're very careful, and that's what has bought us some time. Um, but their intent is total extermination, destroying the entire biosphere, including themselves. I'm skipping over some of the details here. They know that um, their point of vulnerability, the ones at the top understand that their plan depends on us staying hypnotized, false limited identity until, until it's too late. And if we, th they know that if they can keep us thinking that we're weak and helpless and stupid, physical human animals, we can't escape. On that level, they've got the escape. Uh, on the physical level, they've got the escape routes blocked. But are we, you know, are we really these bodies like they want us to think? Are we the minds? Those are tools. If we think we're that's who we are, then we can't fix this thing, this situation. Um, but that's not who we are. You know, speaking of quotes in the Bible, there's one that says, you're made in the image of God. And that's not a quote that your body's the right height or weight or color or gender or anything like that. That's your body. That's your costume. That's not you. Time to quickly realize that's not you and then think, wait a minute, if that's not me and I'm not my race, my color, my age, my gender, my nationality, if none of that that I have as my identity is me, what am I? That That's a start, but we don't have a lot of time to fool around with that. It's got to progress really quickly right now for the result we want. Um, our physical beings are the costumes. And the weak spot in the plan to destroy everything is that this thing they talk about, this God thing, or spirit, source, whatever you want to call the origin of life, that's actually real. It's not just a belief. So if we can change, I mean, it's very nice to have beliefs about it, but if you can go the next step or all the next steps from whatever you believe to, uh, let's check it out. Let's The idea of religion, whether it's science religion or any other kind of religion, if it stops there, the definition of it is something you have to believe because you have to believe it. It's the only thing that's right. Everybody else is wrong. And we just believe it. And that's the end of it. And that's what they're doing with science now too, safe and effective and all that. You just have to believe it. Real science, real spiritual quest is, okay, maybe that's real. I hope it is. But maybe, it's even, maybe the reality is even better. I want to find out directly. I want the contact. I want the experience. Um, if we think that the reality, we can't check it out, it's far away, we have to worship it from such a great distance that we can never contact it while we're still in the body alive on earth, then it's a prescription. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy um, for failure. It's an affirmation of failure. But if we work in cooperation with mind and realize what mind is and stop projecting the blocks that mind is doing now, we don't have to make God, we don't have to synthesize it, it's already real. The reality flows in if the blocks and the blinders go away. So it's kind of simple in a way, but, it, but those blocks have become our reality. What's flowing into us after that to sustain our life it's even flowing into us now or we would not be here. We have a direct connection and we don't have to create it. It's already there. 
it's doing what it has to and we're just obstructing it. So the frequency of, of connecting to that, making it fully functional is powerful and the perpetrators are not immune. Everybody could be affected by this. Even they could wake up and that would be incredible. You know, you see some of the satanic rulers start to think, wait, what? Is, I feel different. What's going on? You know, maybe I shouldn't be doing all these horrific crimes that I thought would lead me to oneness with the dark power. Maybe that's not a really brilliant idea. And this could affect them if you do it. So my suggestion is you do it, and I do it, and everybody who wants to do it, um, it could become quite contagious. Can you even imagine what would happen? What would life on our planet be like? What could we leave for the kids if we do this? You know, we're down to it, the final decision right now, at least for this chapter. If we're too late in this chapter, there will be others. It's not the end of the story, but it's darkness or light right now, depending on what you decide is important. What's your priority? Do you want to keep thinking it's in other people's hands or not? I don't think there's a middle ground. It's not going to, it's going to go one way or the other. Um, and whatever time we have left before it's irrevocable is too valuable to throw away. It's, it's really in your hands. Um, now, you know, the whole thing about this is making a bridge between what we call spiritual, whatever word you want to call that, and the words don't matter, it's the intent, and the physical so-called real world, you know, the one around when you look around that you're living in. So I get all kinds of letters during the week, and I thought parts of this one are interesting, and you can say, um, I'll just t give you, use it as an example to show what I'm talking about, taking this spirit-related focus, which I think needs to be our priority if we really want to get out of this and not end up as dinner. And the things that come up in the physical world and how do they match. So this particular letter says, <clears throat> good morning. Trump and his really recent rally, this covers several issues. Trump and his, people are still caught talking about Trump. Trump and his recent rally encourages his disciples, you know, devotees of Trump, to get the vaccine and he, as he got it, but it goes horribly wrong and he gets booed and, and uh, slighted. Why are Americans so keen to give up their, this globalist a free pass, searching his history, his connections and intents and and friends, a five-year-old could see as one of them. Okay, so this is just an example, a really emotionally inflammatory and, and engrossing subject. You know, the deification of Trump. And <clears throat> when you're coming, first of all, when you're getting into this focus of your own interconnection and working with mind and getting rid of your own projections and forgetting about the, all the ego junk and saying, oh, well, my attitude, my idea of that is right. This person's, you know, completely wrong. And you drop all that and say, well, these are all just individuals. You know, Trump was interesting because he had a lot of charisma and could command the uh, following of millions of people, which he did. I mean, in winning the election that he just won, he's in exile now. He looks like somebody with good intent to me, and there's just a lot he doesn't know. It's, we have a tendency to classify people as perfect or 
totally, you know, traitors. And it's a lot more involved in that. It's a lot more complex. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. It's not an outside ruler. You know, even if Trump had no flaws, if if we put it on him or on anybody else, on any of the political leaders, one of, some of whom were actually really good people, then we're, again, sidestepping the whole issue, which is what will you do to connect with what you've got as a potential power? That's what matters. And everybody else has the same issue in front of them. Donald Trump or Boris Johnson or any of these other leaders, they have the same issue. And if we want to help them rather than just condemn them for being bad, you know, because that, that probably makes them worse, if anything, um, there's only one way that I know of to really help them. None of them pay attention to letters much or anything like that. And even if they do, it's on a superficial level. But if you or I or any of us actually do this internal work, then you're affecting every one of those leaders. And they're not intrinsically bad, even if they are playing the role of bad guys right now or bad women and the women are being just as bad as the men, some of the corrupt leaders. There's no question about that. And so just because somebody's a woman doesn't make them a good leader or a man doesn't make them bad or good. I mean, it's like a person of any race or gender or age or background or nationality can be wonderful or bad. But the, what I'm saying is that the ones who look the worst, just consider the idea they may not be intrinsically bad. They may be so programmed that they believe that they're identified with evil and they get some kind of a, a drug high off of being identified with it and hurting other people. And at the highest levels, where they're the most deceived, they get into complete Satanism and they want to just destroy life. That's what's behind the problems that are being orchestrated in the world right now. Um, so anyway, all these public figures that we look at and either idolize or demonize or some of each, they're a distraction from our main work, which is what we need to do on ourselves. Um, and the, the letter, I'm skipping a lot of this letter because we, we're going to be done in a few minutes and I don't have time, but it, it says, Richard, why are people so reluctant to call out these traitor leaders for what they are, frauds, globalists, or they pin their hope on this man. Um, if they pin their hope on this man or any others, their history. Um, yeah, but it's because the real work is um, the most difficult to really tune into and accept because it's way easier to praise or condemn somebody else. Check yourself. Check your own mind. You'll see it's true. How much of the time do you spend judging other people, not just noticing whether they're doing good or bad, but condemning or idolizing them to different degrees. It's all a waste of time. And the time we've got now is incredibly valuable. Um, and the letter says, uh, all the things that are changing in this person's plans because things are getting more intense. Um, and they are. I mean, our, our priorities, we need to take the intensity of the time as a gift 
because there are positive aspects of it. Sometimes when, um, you know, the old analogy of uh, coal being squeezed, if it's under enough pressure for a long enough time, then it's not coal anymore. It's still carbon, you know, like we're still made of consciousness, but the carbon changes into diamond instead of being coal. And that can happen to us. And we have the potential to make a lot more progress in internal connection to spirit than we do when things are easy and you can just take it easy and not worry about anything. Um, And the person says they realize that it's a spiritual battle and um, learning to be what they call even-keeled and see what's going to happen next and how they've been researching these agendas. And that's true, a lot of people have. And they see more or less of what's going on on the outside. But what it always comes back to is that don't wait for somebody else to do it. And the interesting thing about what we're talking about, where you get to heal your relationship with your own mind and with your own body as a conscious entity and get free of addictions and free of projections, what do you think those projections include from your own mind? Some really important things that have been dominating our lives up to now, one of them being fear. And when you when you try to just overcome fear by force, um, I am in touch with various martial arts teachers that are saying, you know, you can't overcome fear. You're always going to have fear, but you can channel it. And the some of these good martial arts teachers are saying how to do that, but what I'm saying is, what's fear? Fear's a mind program. It's like worry. It's a projection, and it's got an emotional component to it. And you start feeling it, and it really messes up your entire focus. It, it drains off your energy. It makes you exhausted, makes you ineffective, makes you subject to decisions that you regret. And it has no use. You know, some people think, well, fear makes you run fast when a saber-toothed tiger is attacking you. And I'm saying, not really. That's not fear. That's adrenaline. And adrenaline does help you in certain circumstances. But um, fear never has and never will. Fear of man, fear of God, fear of saber-toothed tigers. It ruins your focus and gets you out of touch with yourself. And if you try to suppress fear, it doesn't work. I don't know anybody that has managed to do that. But if you renew your communication with mind and you do that until it starts to actually work and there are ways to do that and you get mind to agree to stop projecting fear, then yeah, you might be in a terrible situation. You might be cut to pieces or, you know, some invading army might burn your village or uh, whatever. I mean, bad things can happen, but they don't require fear and fear doesn't help you. You know, if there's an invading army and you get shot, getting shot and being terrified doesn't make it any better. So you might as well drop it or mind might as well drop it. It's a projection like a movie. Um And then this person goes on into other really interesting areas that we can't really get into in detail because we're out of time. But um, 
what it comes down to is he watched a video panel. There's a lot of doctors making great videos. The five doctors, we've had four out of five on the Sunday show, and they're great people. Tenpenny, Pilevsky, uh, Merritt, uh, Maday, and we're waiting for Northrop. Brave people, incredible. And there are bigger panels of doctors, too. There are thousands of them uh, forming organizations in Europe and also the frontline doctors and others like that in the U.S. And they're doing great work. And there, there was a panel that this person watched a video of, and he said, why don't, why don't these people really get the whole picture? You know, they start understanding it, and then they say things like, well, the percentage of infections is not high enough to be justified into a pandemic. And no, they don't get it. There are no numbers. There are no legitimate numbers of lab-diagnosed disease. If you use a fake test, it's not that the numbers are low. There are no numbers. It's all synthetic. Now, there was a condition that people got, and they're still getting, that really great doctors like Stella Emanuel and uh, Dr. Zelenko and uh, Dr. Brownstein and others talked about they were treating these people and they came into the clinic and their lungs were fully functional, but they couldn't get oxygen into the um, capillaries in the lungs, transferring from the air in the lungs into the blood. That was a real condition, on no indication at all that it was viral or that it is viral. In fact, there's no indication the whole disease, the SARS-CoV-2, was never even... Uh, nobody has a sample of it. If you don't have a sample of it, even a real test can't be calibrated. So it's all bogus. But this condition was real. And it's easily dealt with and resolved. Within a few hours, the people are way better. Even if they were on the brink of death, almost all of them get completely fine with very cheap, simple, effective, and safe treatments. And those are all violently censored in the U.S. and most of the world. That should be kind of a clue of what the medical industry is like and who's behind it, right? If the simple effective treatments get uh, censored, you know that what the whole thing is. And they didn't have to have a real virus for it because they can use fear. And they did something to create this syndrome that I'm talking about and made it look really bad in Wuhan and in New York City and northern India and parts of Central and South America and isolated places like that, not everywhere. No indication at all that that's viral, but there is proof hundreds and thousands of successfully treated uh, patients. Dr. Zelenko is banned everywhere. His family's getting death threats constantly, an incredible person. We posted some of his stuff on lostartsradio.com. I really recommend you watch it. Zelenko's really good. And he's posted protocols, some of the ones that work taking care of whatever this real condition is, and saying, don't let anybody inject you with anything. The odd, I asked you how far outside the box you're willing to think. And doctors have a really hard time doing that to a certain degree. They they can see that the injection is killing thousands and probably, you know, on the order of hundreds of thousands of people right now, and many more will die later from it if there's no remedy found, which we're trying to do. But they don't get the whole picture. It's, it's so difficult to grasp after all that conventional training 
that, wait a minute, if there's no sample of a virus anywhere, it hasn't been isolated, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, it's only in a computer file, then how do you think there can be variants of something that's not shown to exist? David Icke and John Rappaport got it. And I think they're right. But the, the real bioweapon in the injection is, is absolutely deadly. And that should be avoided. And, and at least the, most of the doctors are getting that. It's not too hard to understand that when everybody's dying from it. Um, and the letter goes into that. And again, how to merge that, because we're out of time, <clears throat> with what we were talking about before. Whatever is going on on the outside... You know, I'm just sharing some of what my observations were because I've been blessed with time to really get into these things in, in great depth for decades up to and beyond the human level. And this is not coming from a human level at the top. And um, they intend total sacrifice, total extermination. And they know at the top, as certainly as they know that plan, that we have the dormant ability and connection to God to reverse the whole thing. And it is not something that you try to be real spiritual and act like, you know, you're really in touch with God. And it's like total absence of pretense. You just forget the arrogance, forget that we're better than anybody. That's not true at all. We, we've all done the stupidest things in our lives, and that does not disqualify you from getting in touch with this life current that's in you. And it's all a question now of removing the blocks to that and then letting spirit decide how to fix this because it can do whatever. That's the message. And if you get, I'm suggesting you really look at that not momentarily, not just while you're listening to the program. No, this is, I can't really put words on it to tell you how important it looks like it is. And how you have the complete ability, as much as anybody else, to be the one who starts this z point zero or zero, what do they call it, patient zero in a positive real epidemic of consciousness. You could be the first one. You have 100% ability because it's not us. It's what can flow into us and has been waiting to do that. So whatever you need to do it, I recommend it. And I'm not just recommending it to you. I'm taking it seriously myself and saying, Richard, you need to be doing much better at this, much better and much more seriously. For No aspect of show, no arrogance, no ego nonsense. Those are wastes of time. The real work has to be done. And each one of us has to take it seriously and then do it. Watch your thoughts, watch your emotions. What are you manifesting in your world? It's you that's doing it. It's not the other people. It's not the chance circumstances. There's no such thing. You have a massive effect on what's happening and you're using it now unconsciously and it's making things worse for you. Turn it around. Learn how to do that, whatever it takes. And we can do that. So that's what I wanted to share with you. I'm sorry we started late, but um, hope that you can relate to at least parts of that. Use whatever you think might be useful. Um, take care of your body. Communicate with your body. Respect it. 
it's living and it's conscious and it's aware. It's way beyond what science realizes now and so is your mind. You've got this family that you forgot. Take care of your kids, mind and body, as well as your other kids. And um, see what we can do. And then um, tomorrow night, we've got a really important show on Lost Arts Radio on the Sunday show, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Some places it's released before that. And um, I think you're going to make sure my calendar... um, yeah, I actually, I got to go, but I, I just want to let you know one more thing. I've been looking for anybody in positions of political power, uh, candidates running for office or people in office that are receptive and more conscious than average and capable of grasping the big picture and joining us to do this internal work that could turn everything around and I met one of those people, and he'll be on the show uh, tomorrow night. I think you'll like meeting him. Um, anyway, I, w- I want you to see it and then let me know what you think. But mainly it's doing your own work. And uh, so see the show. If you want to support us and keep us on the air without these commercials, we're not doing any of those. Go to lostartsradio.com. We need money. We need money to, to keep going and to expand the projects that are on hold. And there's a donate button on lostartsradio.com and also on subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. And otherwise, don't do that if you don't have money, obviously. Um, take care of yourself and your own family first. Now, that's the most generous thing you could do is keep yourself in good shape. Check out what you're doing with your focus, your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And just fix it. It's all in your power. You can share the links, though, because we're being heavily censored, and that would help us a lot. So thank you for doing that. And um, I think that's about it. We're over time. Have a great rest of the weekend and a good week. And stay in touch. Let us know how you're doing and suggestions, questions, complaints, anything you want to say about the shows. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. I'll meet you here next time. Have a good night. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, 
and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.